And welcome, my friends, to another edition of the Daily Gator Daily Thoughts podcast. If you're left, you just ain't right. A a uh, episode I almost decided not to do because I was having a great day today, and I happened to go on Facebook to answer. I think one of my cousins in Florida they had sent me something and. I went to check it out and I noticed birthdays. And today is April 14th. Why the hell is April 14th special? Uh, We'll get to that near the end. uh, Because I don't know how much I'll be able to talk about it. Uh, But there's a reason that April 14th is a day I kind of dread and for whatever reason I was really into uh, doing some links and doing some things of the blog and just forgot but anyway let's get to uh, some of the news we need to talk about uh, the state of Mississippi thank you God bless you Mississippi uh, Bearing Arms reports that the Second Amendment Financial Privacy Act, is what this bill is called, has been signed into law by the governor of the state of Mississippi. Cam Edwards writing it. Tate Reeves is the name of the governor of Mississippi. And let's face it, if you're named Tate Reeves, you're going to be one of two things. You're going to be uh, some criminal some bank robber, or you're going to be the governor of Mississippi, and God bless him, he's the governor of Mississippi. He is being applauded by Second Amendment advocates in the firearms industry for signing the law that prohibits, listen carefully, it's very, very important, because this is something Les been pushing hard to do. Uh, This new bill in Mississippi prohibits credit card companies and other financial institutions from implementing merchant category codes for firearm retailers. In other words, if you go somewhere to buy a firearm or ammunition, uh, there would be a code and it would appear on, I guess, your debit card, your credit card. And that was kind of a backdoor way to track gun sales. And it was going to lead eventually, or will it lead? It hasn't gone away. The concept, the, the left will never give up on it. Uh, but the concept behind it, I believe, is to be able to block gun sales. Maybe not let you use your uh, debit card or credit card to buy a firearm or ammunition. Uh, and that day is probably not too far down the road because the left's been pushing this this garbage for years. Make, wanted to make Visa, MasterCard. American Express, etc., and banks track gun sales basically, uh, and that does not—that uh, is not the business of the ATF or the federal government or Joe Biden or Kamala Harris or or anyone else in our federal government. Quite frankly, if you want to know why, read the damn Second Amendment. Now. Uh, The Second Amendment Financial Privacy Act is one of several bills introduced around the country this year that seeks to halt the use of uh, the MCCs, uh, and the legislation is already having an impact. That's even better news. It was just a few weeks ago that major companies, including Visa, MasterCard, American Express, and Discover, announced they were pausing 
their implementation of the MCCs in large part because of bills like HB 1110, uh, as we reported that at that time. The merchant category codes demanded by gun control groups that were announced to a great fanfare last fall are now in limbo after major credit card companies announced that they're halting their rollout of the codes in response to a number of bills filed in red states that bar the use of the codes and promise fines for those credit uh, card companies that use them. The companies have never really been on board with the category code since the far-left amalgamated bank and gun control activists began lobbying for the international standardization. Uh, actually, it's the International Standardization Organization, the ISO. So basically, these thugs, anti-gun thugs, communists, wanted to mind the business of sovereign American citizens and, tr- and tread on their liberties. Do I have to say, do I have to call them a bad name? I'm, 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 I'm not going to. But you can imagine what I might say about such, uh, such vermin. The anti-gunners claim the code will help. Listen to this. They they say it will help prevent mass shootings. Somehow, if the government knows if I go out and buy a new pistol or a, a, a pump-action shotgun, somehow, if I buy some ammunition uh, for, for multiple weapons I own or, or a new one I'm getting, whatever, if I'm going to go to the range and, and need some range ammo, somehow... Me paying with a MasterCard or Visa, debit card, credit card, whatever, that needs to be seen by the government, apparently. No and hell no. Uh, Now, the anti-gunners, they say the code will help prevent mass shootings by requiring the companies to flag, quote, suspicious transactions. What is suspicious about a person going to, I used to do this all the time, I, was, I would go to the range about every Saturday. I would stop on Friday afternoon, and I'd buy uh, some Federal or Winchester uh, or Remington range ammo for the 9mm pistol, or pistols I was gonna, going to go. I had a forty five at the time. I might buy forty fives, but I was buying ammo for me to use at the range uh, or to replace the ammo I was going to use at the range, because it was usually, you know, three, four hundred rounds, maybe, depending. But that's not suspicious. That's a person who owns firearms wanting to be proficient with firearms. And that's something everyone should like. Apparently, the left doesn't believe that. They think that's suspicious. But both Visa and MasterCard executives have said the codes don't identify specific purchases. <laughs> sure. Yeah, sure. Sure they don't. And Selma Hayek's going to knock on my door any moment wearing nothing but a smile. Sure. And the responsibility to flag any transaction deemed suspicious is more about reducing banking fraud than other financial crimes. Uh, Again, what would ring up as suspicious? Someone using a credit card or debit card they they usually use to buy uh, ammo or buy groceries. What else? Maybe fattening foods are next. Who knows? At the very least, the legislation of uh, the legislation both companies reference in today's decision may have given the companies an easy out 
for a scheme they never were really on board with in the first place. This was government trying to pressure big companies into violating and stamping on your rights. So a very, 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 very good piece of news. The National Shooting Sports Foundation, they're among the people who are cheering Mississippi's move. Their senior vice president and general counsel, Lawrence Keene, called it a tremendous victory for the firearm industry and for those law-abiding Mississippi gun owners who lawfully exercise their Second Amendment rights. And the next state that's going to do it, very likelihood, uh, would be the state of Florida, land of my birth, home of my beloved Gators. And yes, you damn well know they have a governor who will sign it. Uh, good stuff, my friends. Good news. Go to Bearing Arms. Cam Edwards wrote the piece. Second Amendment Financial Privacy Act signed into law by Mississippi Governor is the title of the post. Uh, go read, learn. It, it's wonderful. It really is. Uh, here's a story for you, also from Bearing Arms, also from Cam Edwards. Man, he's working hard for me today. You are the man, Cam. You are the man. Authorities in Houston, Texas say a gang of armed robbers targeted a Valero gas station and convenience store on the city's southeast side late uh, Thursday night, but were stopped by a ferry, several ferries, a venomous snake, pack of coyotes, pack of wolves, a charging rhinoceros. What do you think stopped this gang of little bastard thugs? Um, so that was insensitive. Disaffected youths. Um, they, well, they were stopped from committing crimes, not by a charging rhino, although that would have probably done it too. And that would have made a funny video. Go ahead, shoot the rhino with your little nine millimeter. See how that works out for you. Uh, no, no, no. What stopped them was an armed citizen who had a firearm. Hence, he was an armed citizen, and the bullets of his gun came out very hot, very fast, and hit some of these thug uh, thugs. Police responded to the store shortly before 9 p.m., where witnesses told them that a car with five individuals had pulled into the station. Four of the men got out of the vehicle and entered the store, with the fifth man remaining behind the wheel. Uh, once inside, the four pulled out guns, demanded customers and employees hand over their cash. And that is when one customer drew uh, their gun and fired. Three of the Woodbury robbers were hit by the armed citizen shots. Marksmanship matters, baby. Marksmanship matters. It's not known at this point who fired the shot that injured the bystander, but thankfully they're expected to be okay. That's good news. The local media in Houston, of course, because they're the media, they're downplaying the armed citizen aspect of the story to the point of absurdity. Here are a few of the headlines about the incident. Now, remember the guy, a person, it's, it doesn't identify the gender, so it could be one of 88 genders, I think. But the, the person who fired on these thugs uh, stopped what they were doing. Okay. Uh, here's one headline. Four hospitalized after shots fired at Southeast Houston gas station. No mention of an armed citizen. No mention of an armed good guy with a gun. Here's another one. At least four shot during attempted robbery at Southeast Houston gas station. Police say 
and another one five injured in robbery shootout at Southeast Houston gas station. Now they all mentioned the gas station in Southeast Houston and people were shot, but not one little mention of an armed good guy. You know, the good guy with a gun that never, ever, 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 ever happens. One of the few media outlets to acknowledge the armed citizen in its headline was the Houston Chronicle. Although the paper makes it sound like the armed customer just started banging away at everyone inside the store by proclaiming four injured when customer pulls gun during our attempted robbery in Southeast Houston. See, the Houston Chronicle couldn't even give any credit. They couldn't do it. No, I can't make any way make guns sounds good. Guns bad. Bad guns. Guns bad. Guns bad. Ugh. Rock drop on foot. Foot hurt. Ugh. Say ugh. Ow. That's the mentality of the knuckle draggers and our media. And I know they're knuckle draggers because they are overwhelmingly leftist, and leftists are indeed knuckle draggers. Yes, communist of all races, religions, and let's face it. Do communists even have a religion other than Stalinism, Leninism, Trotskyism, Maoism, all the rest of the isms? Even the paper's lead fails to acknowledge that three of the four people who were shot inside the gas station had pulled guns of their own and were robbing the place. And it's very likely that a lot of times these robberies, uh, they get what they want and they leave. A lot of times they don't without killing people because witnesses. So who knows? How, who knows how many lives were saved here? Uh, it's not until the next paragraph that the Chronicle acknowledged that three of those who were wounded will be facing charges thanks to their attempted robbery or that police haven't said that the bystander was shot by the robbers or the citizen. Those just getting headlines or giving the story a quick once-over may very well be left with the idea that the armed citizen just randomly shot four people while trying to prevent the armed robbery, which absolutely is not the case. But that's that's a, the a narrative the media would like to create. Oh, yeah, he had a gun. A good guy shot everybody in the store. Shot this old lady twice. But there wasn't an old lady in the store at the time. Oh, she she was it was an AR-15 pistol, and she disintegrated when the bullet hit her. That's what happened. I swear, I'm a Houston Chronicle reporter, and I know those there is no such thing as a good guy with a gun. Screw the media. Screw the media. Ah, la, la, la. Now, one media outlet did do a good job. KTRK-TV, which is the ABC affiliate in Houston. Uh, This is their report. A shopper at a Southeast Houston convenience store opened fire when four mask robbers stormed inside, sending three suspects to the hospital. Uh, Houston police said at least one of the robbery suspects was armed. Uh, Houston PD officers were called to a Circle K convenience store at a Valero gas station located at 8040 South Loop East at 7.55 p.m. Thursday. You know what they say, nothing good happens at 8040 South Loop East at 7.55 at night. Okay, kids. That's when an armed, uh, excuse me, uh, according to Assistant Chief Ernest Garcia, four suspects in masks entered the store and started robbing customers at gunpoint. That's when an armed customer pulled out their weapon and shot at the suspects and hit <clears throat> and hit three of them, apparently. One bystander was also hurt, though it was unclear if, if he was shot by one of the suspects or the customer, HBD said. 
So they get the story right. They actually reported the story. They care a little about journalism. Good for you. God bless you. But good news, my friends. When bad guys catch hot lead, it makes me happy. Now some more gun stuff. I'm almost embarrassed to say Cam Edwards bearing arms again. I didn't do this on purpose. It just happened that the stories that uh, excuse me caught my eye. <coughs> Pardon me, caught my eye were all from Cam Edwards' ex bearing arms. Uh, President Trump made a speech and he vowed to end the war on guns. Uh, Cam Edwards again writes, former President Trump was raucously greeted uh, to the NRA's annual meetings in Indianapolis on Friday afternoon, received a standing ovation, loud cheers as he took to the stage at the Indianapolis Convention Center. Uh, Like many of the earlier speakers at the NRA ILA Leadership Forum, Trump took, uh, took aim at the Biden administration's war on guns, contrasting his own record with Joe Biden's. Nearly nonstop calls for a ban on assault weapons, Trump declared himself to be the most pro-gun, pro-Second Amendment president to occupy the White House and vowed to continue to champion the right to keep and bear arms if he's re-elected next year. I will say this, Mr. President. I think uh, George Washington and James Madison, father of the Second Amendment, father of the whole Constitution, Thomas Jefferson, I think uh, they probably would would pardon the pun, but trump you on being pro-gun. But again, Trump was very pro-gun. That was one of the reasons a lot of people worried about him, but he made a good speech, uh, and good for him. Good for him. Now, animal magnetism. I wanted to hit this one because uh, animal, uh, how he identifies on his uh, on his blog blog is uh, from bearcreek.com excellent writer very very good writer uh, but he wanted to let us know that he is going to fix social security i'm not being sarcastic um Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen he writes responded to the news about social security that the Biden Harris administration is committed to ensuring the long-term viability of these critical programs so that retirees can receive the hard-earned benefits they owed, or they are owed, excuse me. Well, you know, if, if team mumbles and stumbles, Biden and Harris, has she been to the damn border yet? Has she even been to Taco Bell? No? I don't know. Is she still giggling and cackling and acting like she's an incoherent idiot? Probably. But anyway, uh, in his latest budget proposal, Biden offered, now remember, he, he and Kamala, they're going to fix Social Security. Don't y'all worry none. They're going to get on it and fix it. They're going to get after it like a like a possum after a tick. That's why you don't kill possums. They eat the hell out of ticks. And you don't like ticks. Ticks are nasty. Possums eat the hell out of ticks. Yes, they look like gigantic rats. But they are good. And they're not aggressive. They're not mean. Just don't go pick one up. Because they're going to bite the heck out of you. Because they don't know you. Uh, They might think you're a Democrat. A giant tick. And they might try to eat you. Who knows. But in his latest budget proposal. Biden offered. Guess how many proposals. uh, To shore up Social Security. Are preventing a looming 23% cut. 
That's damn near a quarter, folks, uh, in retirement benefits that lo- that current low law requires uh, once a trust fund is emptied. How many proposals did Biden offer? Zero. As in none, not a nil, not a single damn one. Thanks, President Mumbles, for that. As bad as this seems, Social Security's financial picture is actually... Oh, here comes the good news. It's not, it's finally going to get some good news here. Actually, Social Security's financial picture is far more dire. Well, oh shit. It's just when I'm getting ready to get on in a few years. Watch, I'll get nothing and like it. It's likely the trust fund won't even make it to 2033. Uh, so I make it to like a year of it if I take it at 67. Uh, the Social Security trustees have had to downgrade the trust fund repeatedly for the past 40 years. Again, this is not a Joe Biden problem. This is a long-term American political idiot problem. Uh, when their economic and demographic assumptions turn out to be too optimistic. Back in 1983, for example, the trustees promised that the trust fund would remain solvent by, uh, through 2058. By 2003, they were saying it would only be solvent until 2044. And now they're saying it might be 2033. So uh, maybe you shouldn't count on next month's check. I don't know. Given the way these people lie. Why is this the way it is, though? Animal asks this question. Well, he's got two words for you. You want to know what they are? Uh, They are Ponzi scheme. That's right. The entire rotten process, he writes, was a Ponzi scheme in the first place. In 1960, there were over five workers uh, for every person receiving Social Security. So that works out. All these five people are working. Uh, Okay, maybe the math works. Now, though, there are no longer five people. There are two. The whole thing is coming apart and will continue to come apart no matter what the Imperial City does because of Stein's law. What can't continue? Won't. But wait, there's more. I was afraid he was going to say that. A Heritage Foundation analysis found that uh, based on current contribution rates, workers born in 1995... Uh, will end up paying an average of $404,337 into Social Security. But what will they get back when they retire? If they live to be 80, uh, they'll receive $227,513 in pension benefits. That's, so it's nearly half of what they put in they'll get. A little over half. Uh, an effective rate of return of negative 2.31%. Even if they were to live to be 90, they still wouldn't get all their money back. Yeah, Ponzi scheme. If that same $404,000 had been instead been invested in a private account with an annual rate of return of just 4.79% per annum, these workers would retire with a nest egg valued at more than $1.2 million. Heritage found, and unlike with Social Security benefits, they can pass any money they don't spend in retirement to their heirs. And yet the people, the Democrats, scream. Anytime you mention any privatization of Social Security, they lose their minds. See, they really care about you, so they want to completely fuck up 
your Social Security and your retirement as best they can because they care so much about you. Uh, please go read the whole piece, my friends. Uh, this is just depressing. Again, Animal Magnetism from BearCreek.com. Rule 5 Social Security Friday is the name of the post. Uh, good stuff, my friends. Good, good stuff. <clears throat> now, I mentioned at the beginning that uh, I hate April the 14th. <clears throat> and today I was just having a good time, having some music, uh, blogging, writing, doing my, my link around posts for the weekend. And I didn't really have anything to do today. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> I went to Facebook because someone had sent me something and I was going to answer uh, one of my cousins. And on the Facebook page, they have birth today's birthdays, right? <clears throat> well, the first face I see on birthdays today, April 14th, is my baby sister, Danielle, who passed away uh, just before Christmas in 2017. <clears throat> and again, that didn't put me in the best of moods, but you see this, uh, it was an older picture of her early 20s, I think. Uh, beautiful smile. And, uh, you know, we were very close Uh probably closer than most brothers and sisters when I moved to Texas and a few years later, two or three years later, I guess she moved out here or in Texas, rather, excuse me. And we would just go hang out together. It was a really awesome relationship. And she got married. Of course, she eventually had my niece, uh, Savannah, who was the light of my life. Even though she's 13 now and Uncle Doug ain't as cool as he used to be. Because no one's as cool as he used to be because I'm 13, okay? Old man. <laughs> but uh, eventually she would give birth about a year after Savannah to my, my nephew, Logan Alexander. Who passed away uh, from SIDS. And... I hung out. I, I did so many things with my sister and my niece. But over time, my sister, <clears throat> for whatever reason, she developed uh, depression, anxiety, and unfortunately went to a doctor that loved prescribing pills, I believe, more than he, he loved doing anything else. That developed into some problems of dependency for her of mood swings, of, again, all kind of things. She had diabetes. And I cannot think of April 14th without remembering this wonderful person who was the perfect little sister, my best friend for years, who gave me this, this incredible gift of, of a niece who I've been as much of a father to grandfather, whatever, as possible. And I can't help but go through watching my little baby sister fall apart, become an addict. Uh, you could never get her to get the help she needed. Uh, she did check her in herself into a 
a facility, but it was a check-in that you could check out when she wanted to, and she only stayed three days. And the problems kept getting worse, and I don't know the night she passed away. It was about three weeks before Christmas. We went looking for trees and decorations, my Savannah and my sister and me. And uh, she took too much of whatever medication it was. Uh, I looked at her maybe 7 o'clock at night, and I was like, you're... Are you okay? She had diabetes. She would not check her sugar, would not monitor, would not take care. Um, so I assumed her sugar was low. I grabbed her husband. He took her sugar. It was really high. He gave her some insulin as prescribed. And uh, so we made sure of that. And she went back in the room, was watching TV. Uh, right before I went to bed. I had to go to bed fairly early because I got up so early to go to work. I went back in to check, and uh, I said, you doing okay? You feeling better? She said, yeah, yeah. I said, well, that's good. Uh, because I kind of bit her head off when I, under, when I learned she hadn't checked her sugars. I was like, when will you grow up and check your sugars? Uh, and I kind of lit into her a little bit. And so I went to bed hour later maybe someone's pounding on my door uh it was her husband and uh telling me they had called the paramedics for my sister danielle and she was gone and that's why i hate april 14th because that was and again i'll never have i guess another april 14th that i Fully enjoy the day. And I'll never have another December 4th that I fully enjoy the day. Uh, There's so many things I wish I'd have handled differently that night. Uh, if I had any suspicion that she was anywhere near having taken too much of, of some medication, then I could have called 911. Uh, none of us suspected anything. She'd gotten a little too much of this or a little that before, and we that's what everyone thought it was. And in this case, we thought it was her sugar because her reading was high. And once she got her insulin, she appeared to start getting a little better. Um, and I'll never understand. In so many ways... She threw her life away. And uh, God, I miss her. Really do. Uh, if you love somebody, tell them. If you really love somebody, talk to them. Do all you can for them. Understand you can't do everything for them. And regret is the red is tough when you don't know what the hell you could have done differently, you know. <clears throat> uh, but that's why April 14th sucks for me. But I went ahead and did this podcast anyway. Maybe the right person, the right situation, maybe someone will hear this and maybe someone will get help. 
maybe someone will get help. Maybe this will be avoided for some other older brother and husband and, and parents and eight-year-old daughter. Maybe they won't have to go through it, you know. Uh, I got to go, folks. Uh, thank you very much for listening. No sign off today. Uh, just do your best for your loved ones, will you? God bless y'all. We'll talk to you uh, uh, tomorrow. It'll be a better day because it won't be April freaking 14th. Take care. It's Doug Hagen for the Daily Gator blog. If you're left, you just ain't right. And yeah, when you say your prayers, you can say one for me. I could always use it, my friends. Y'all take care.